Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of With Love Alexa. Today I'm interviewing Alea Benavides. She was on Bachelor season 24 and she was also Miss Texas 2019. And we're just going to talk all about her life, how she was with pageants and just how she stays strong. Hi, Ale- Hi Alea. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. Thanks so much for coming on. I'm excited. I loved your whole message behind the podcast. I think Aww, super- thank you. I'm trying. It's hard. It's like I just want to get it out there and yeah, but I think you're doing good so far. Thank you. Yeah, everyone has that story. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Everybody has their come up. You're in your come up right now. Thank you. I love your sweater, by the way. I'm huge in the leopard. It's my favorite winter sweater that I wear. I'm I'm obsessed with leopards, so I love it. <laughs> Have you been during COVID and quarantine? I've been okay. You know, I so before COVID started and before all of this, I used to travel all the time. So I would always be. I mean, literally right before COVID hit and the lockdown hit, I was in Arizona. The week before that, I was in New York. The week before that, I was in Colorado. Like I was always traveling. It was like my favorite thing to do. And then COVID hit and I haven't traveled anywhere since. So I'm just like, I went from being this little busy bee and traveling every weekend to like, I'm home. Most weekends I'm at home. I'm in my apartment. Like it's so, it's weird. And it's been an adjustment period for sure. And like, I miss traveling, but anytime I debate and think about like, oh, I'm going to go somewhere. Like one, it's scary. Two, you can't do anything once you get there for the most part. Like right. all the touristy cool big things are shut down or they're being done in moderation to accommodate for the virus and for social distancing. So it's not, it's not the same. Right. It's, it's not just not worth it. Especially if you have to travel like by plane. Like I understand maybe yeah. if you drove like. Yeah. And I hate driving. Me too. <laughs> I get sleepy. So when I'm driving like a long distance by myself, it's just not okay. I also get car sick sometimes. Like I get really bad headaches, like in the back seat or sometimes in the front. So it's like I don't even want to be like. I think driving, I'm okay, but other than that, like I hate being in the car for long periods. So I'm a terrible passenger because I, like, I can sleep the whole time. So I just (laughs) we'll be having like a full blown conversation, and I'll just fall asleep. My mom hates driving with me. (laughs) I don't know. I feel like I'm not like I. I don't fall asleep that much in cars. I think it's just too uncomfortable. I wish oh, sometimes. I there is no limit to like where I can sleep. I've I've fallen asleep at a football game before. Like they're yelling the fight song, and I'm gonna sleep on the bleachers, sleep on the plane. I sleep in the middle seat on the plane. It doesn't matter. I will sleep. That's so funny. I feel like I've heard so many people like talk like that. Like they have that same thing. I love sleep. It's, like, really nice, but I feel like it's so hard, too, because, like, are you, like, one of those people, like, in the middle of a conversation and you, like, fall asleep, or is it just, like, if you're just sitting somewhere? If I'm really tired, I'll fall asleep in the middle of the conversation, like, if I'm (laughs) really, really tired, Um, but if it's just kind of, like, I'm bored, but I'm not that tired, but I'm bored, I can just fall asleep, like, sitting wherever I'm at. So nice. It's good. Good stuff. It makes traveling faster, probably, like the... Oh, always, always. I have this little, like, Eeyore pillow pet, which is so weird being a 25-year-old woman, but <laughs> my grandma got it for me from Disney World, so it's fine. 
Um, but I take that on flights and it's like the best sleeping partner. Cause you like put your arm through the middle and like sleep on it or you sit him up and you sleep on his face. It's so good. No wonder you could fall asleep. It's comfortable. <laughs> Without him, it's not super comfy, but I can still do it. I always wake up like all tweaked out. Um, yeah, I'm, and I'm also, I'm 26 and I have a little, uh, Zoe doll from like Sesame Street years ago. She used to be my baby. And then I think, I don't know if I outgrew her, but my grandma for like one of my birthdays is like a part of a gift. She just happened to find one. And so I sleep with her and my little cuddles. I call um, my little stuffy animal dog. They're just cute. I don't know why. I don't know why it's so weird for adults to have like stuffed creatures, but I'm like, they're freaking cute. And if you're like by yourself, they're cozy. Like I like to snuggle. You snuggle with a pillow. My pillow has eyes. It's fine. <laughs> Same thing. I swear so many people have stuffed animals. I've noticed like at our, like this age, they just don't either say it or they're like, they own it. Like they're like, so what? All of our emotional trauma. We just need something to cuddle. <laughs> no better. I have this like penguin and it's like this big. And it's one that you put in like the microwave and he gets warm. And I'm just like, oh, that's so nice. Is that one you take with you and travel or is that just home? No, that's like a home. If I like have cramps or if my back hurts or oh, something. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Potato and I'll, we'll cuddle. So cute. <laughs> when you were, so we were talking about like traveling and everything. Were you traveling for fun or were you traveling for work or both? Yeah, fun. I just like to travel. So I like to travel. And at the time I was still living with my parents. So Mm-hmm. all the money that I made I didn't really I'd put some in savings sure but then I would be like well flights are pretty I would find an inexpensive flight and, yeah. it and um, because of pageants I have friends from all over the country and so I would just yeah. book the flight to where they were and stay with them so I saved costs on hotel and it was awesome I paid like $75 for a flight and I would fly to New York for the weekend or fly to LA and it'd be great oh so fun I um ha- what was your favorite place you ever traveled that I've ever traveled would probably be Belize because it was just a super cool experience. The whole thing. I went like snorkeling, we went deep sea fishing, and then they took us to this small island where they cooked like the fish that we just caught like out of the ocean, which was so cool. Um, zip lining and all, all these really cool yeah. things. So that experience was awesome. Um, but I always like visiting LA just because the weather's always beautiful. There's so much to do. I have a ton of friends out there. So yeah. it's like, when I go there, it's like a home away from home type of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm familiar with it now. So I love going to LA. Like if I had like a quick weekend, and I needed to go somewhere. I would probably go there. Yeah. I've, I've been there a couple of times. I wouldn't mind. I want to go back like soon. Cause there's like restaurants, like have you ever gone to like Vanderpump or like pump? Oh, uh, I have a friend that works at the bar, Tom Tom's like through Vanderpump. No way. Yes. Yeah. And I've never been, he always invites me when I'm down there, but I've never been. I was actually just in the one in Vegas because I was in Vegas um, in July because I had family and stuff. And I actually went to the Vegas um, pump rules or garden, I think, at Caesars. And yeah, I, know. And I will say, place- has the best sushi. Like, they have this place called Sugarfish. And I've, I've heard of it. Delicious. But, oh, my God, it's the best sushi I've ever had in my life. It's amazing. <laughs> If you ever go and you like sushi, like you need to go to Sugarfish. Okay, I and mean, that's definitely going to be on my list because I I just had sushi today. <laughs> oh, I, love sushi. I love sushi. 
Um, what, so did you like, what was, what was your like love of travel? Like, where did that come from? Was that like always or? No. So I didn't get on a plane until I was 18. Like when I was 18 was the first time I ever flew. Actually my first time on a plane when I was 18, I went skydiving. And so I had never flown before and I just (laughs) skydiving for my 18th birthday, which was super fun. And I absolutely loved it. Um, and the guy that I was dating at the time was a little bit older than me and he loved traveling. And so he was like, oh, well, hey, let's go to Colorado and let's go to, he's the one that I went to Belize with. And he would always, he was just super adventurous. So we would go on these trips and go on these really cool adventures. And it was so fun and exciting. And we broke up, obviously. And I was like, well, that was fun. Like, I don't need him to go do this. I can do this by myself. So I just started traveling by myself and going and having new experiences and going to new places. And it's just cool. I just always, yeah. I've always enjoyed it. Like I normally travel by myself just cause I like, I don't know. Why I'm not? And you can meet people and. Yeah, it's fun. And then if I don't want to talk to anybody, I don't have to talk to anybody. So I don't know, but it's been fun. I enjoy it. Yeah, no, it would, I feel like it would be fun. I've, I don't think I've ever really traveled by myself. Like I've gone to like Israel and like I went with a group though. Um, it was for oh, our, yeah. like our birthright, but, and I only was yeah, friends with like a couple people. So. International travel, I would never do by myself just because I think it's a little too scary. Yeah. Going through by yourself is terrifying. Um, but like traveling within the States and just wherever. Let's go. Yeah. No, I've done that before, like to visit, but I've met, always went to visit somebody, but I have blown like by myself. Yeah. I don't know. I spent like two weeks once in New York by myself and it was such a fun time. Like I would meet up with friends, but I've had a hotel by myself. Right. And it was like, I would be social during the day and then I'd go back to my like little corner of the world and chill by myself all night and order room service or whatever. Oh, it's nice because you can do what you want. You don't have to like worry about other people. And that's what I think, that's why I like traveling by myself the most is like, yeah. don't get me wrong, if friends want to go travel, I'm all in, but I feel like then you guys are all kind of like arguing over what you guys want to do. And then you never really end up doing anything because you guys can't agree versus when you're traveling alone, you just like hit up your friends and you're like, Hey, this is where I'm going. If you want to meet me, if not, no big deal. And there you go. You just exactly. You. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I've actually... I wouldn't mind trying it. I have a friend of mine that actually like travels all over by herself, but she's also lived in other countries and like met people and stuff. So I think that's a little too adventurous for me. The other yeah. countries, but we'll see. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's fun. I like it. I would recommend it. So when did, from when you like did all this, like started traveling, like at eight, like from 18 on, like when did you start into the pageant? The pageant world. Um, so I started doing pageants when I was 18, actually. When oh, I was like okay. 17 or 18. So like my senior year of high school. And that was another cool thing is like through doing pageants, I was able to have more opportunity to travel um, and go to different places and meet new people, especially. Yeah. So through pageants, especially Miss USA, I met girls from every state. And so now if I want to go to a state, I'm just like, hey, girl, what city is it you live in again? cool. I'm coming down for the weekend. Like, let's hang out, you know? So that was really cool and really helpful. So now it's to the point where I can virtually go anywhere in the country and I know somebody, at least one person in that state. Yeah. So that's always kind of a cool, a cool flex, I guess. 
So with pageants, I can imagine, I could be wrong, so I don't want to put words in anyone's mouth, but I can imagine there being, it can be so like stressful and like gruesome at times. Oh yeah. Like yeah. Your mental health and how yeah, was Yeah, when I was training for Miss Texas and for Miss USA, it was mentally and physically exhausting. It was fun and I enjoyed it. And if I had the chance, I would do it all over again, but it was exhausting. I was working full time at the time and I would wake up at 5 a.m. I would do my workout. I would go to work all day, nine to five, get off work, go work out a second time. So I would do cardio in the morning, weightlifting in the evening. I would finish my workout, go do interview practice, go do walking practice, and then go home and go to bed and do it all over the next day. This is so every was, day. Yeah, every day, every single day. I would maybe get like a rest on Sunday. And Sundays I would still do cardio, but I wouldn't do everything. Yeah. So every day that was my schedule. It was exhausting. My social life sucked. Like I had nothing going on. And so it's like this huge build up, build up, build up. And like I did it all the way up to Miss Texas and then I won Miss Texas and it was super exciting and it was like this huge reward. And then I did it all the way up to Miss USA and Miss USA came and I didn't place. And it was like all of that work and all of that effort and all of that training kind of at the moment felt like it was for nothing. Like I had worked so hard and literally killed myself over this and it wasn't good enough is the way you feel in your mind. I'm like, I did all of this and I wasn't good enough. And if only I had the chance to do something else, I could have done better. You know, you're, you're really hard on yourself. So after Miss USA, um, was a pretty hard crash for me. It was like, you go through a lot and we've talked about this amongst our like USA class, that Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, one body dysmorphia because you've like worked your butt off literally to be like a skinny and physically tight and fit and fitnessy as humanly possible. And so you're like dieting like crazy, kind of like a, a bodybuilder before their show. Like right. they are absolutely demolishing themselves in the gym um, to be their fittest, skinniest, fat-free, healthy self, but that's not sustainable. So right. all of us are having to deal with going from being a size zero or a size two at the pageant to being like, a size four or a size six, which is totally normal. Right. But for us, since we were so used to, I remember when I won Texas, I was a size two. Um, and people were still saying that I was too big. And so people would still tell me like, you know, you're too big. She needs to lose weight before Miss USA. Like, and I was hearing this all over the place. Like, you know, some people were like, yay, we finally have like a feminine figured woman. And the fact that a size two was even considered a figured right. woman is crazy. But most people were telling me I needed to lose weight. And so I was like, okay. So I did for Miss USA. And that now I'm sitting at like a four or a six. Like I'm a normal, healthy size right. and sustainable. And I have, I struggle all the time with feeling like that. now I'm big. Now I'm bigger. Now I'm fat. Now I'm this. And my friends always have to rally around me and remind me like, you're not, you're healthy. You're not, you know, you're not starving yourself. You're not working out three times a day. You're working out two to three times a week. You're eating good food, but you're letting yourself eat what you want. Like you're healthy. And so that was a huge struggle for a lot of us. Um, And then you were having to get rid of half of our closet because we bought all these clothes to fit us for Miss USA and yeah. they don't fit anymore because we're not a size two or a size zero. And 
yeah, so that was really hard and still something like here I am almost two years later, still kind of struggling with like, okay, I really want to wear this, but it's never going to fit me again. So I have to get rid of it type of thing. And it's like cute stuff and yeah, in general, it's yes I'll find outfits and I'm like oh this is so cute and I'll try to put it on and won't go up like half my thigh and I'm like oh okay never mind that's like me too <laughs> it's like and it's so normal and right my sister remind me all the time like and you're you're getting older in a good way like you're becoming a woman and you have a feminine womanly figure like you're yeah. not supposed to be old your whole life and I was like I know so that was always a huge struggle with pageants and then like they build up your confidence so much, but then you almost find so much of your identity in it. So yeah. after Miss USA, there was this huge, huge build up to Miss USA. And then it's like as soon as the pageant was over, you were kind of irrelevant. Yeah. And so it was like this huge build up to just kind of a crash. And so I really struggled with like, okay, well, I'm not Miss Texas anymore. So who am I? Like, what am I? What do I do? I, I worked for so long. Yeah, exactly. That was that was me for a whole year, but that was what I strived to be yeah. for eight years. And then it was, I had accomplished it and it was done. And it was like, okay, now what do I do with myself? So that was a huge struggle for me. And I've talked to a lot of the girls from my class and we all have felt like similar struggles of just feeling like, okay, now what do we do? What's our goal? What's our next thing that we want to do that doesn't have to do with pageants? Like who are we outside of just right. the pageant world? So yeah, it was difficult. I had a few mental breakdowns post-pageant, but it's normal. It's fine. We're good. It's fine. And it's so crazy because you're so young. Yeah. Like, all this, but you don't feel young at that point. Like, you feel like you've done yeah. all this stuff, and it's like, wait, I'm only 20, or I'm only 24, or however old at the time. Like, so it's so crazy, like. Yeah. It's hard to. The life ahead. Exactly. It's like people say, don't put all your eggs in one basket. But when you're training for something like that, you're putting all of, your, yes, all of your eggs in one basket. And that's the basket to prepare for Miss USA or whatever competition right. it is. And so when it's done, you're like, well, crap, I put all my eggs into this basket. Now what? And I mean, I have, um, I had my boutique, so I was able to put a lot of my energy into that, but it was just still, it was just like, it was a hard wake up call afterwards. Right. And it's nice probably too. It helps that you have probably all these connections that you may not have had otherwise, but still like now what do you do with these connections or how do you keep your brand or you growing? Especially because so much of your identity for that year is in your title. So when mm -hmm. you don't have it anymore, I, I remember going through a period of feeling like super unworthy of anything and feeling like like myself as an individual was super irrelevant without right. the title I felt like all of my worth came from this title that I no longer had because my year was up and so I was like well nobody's gonna want to listen to Alea they only wanted to listen to Miss Texas they you know it, it was a lot of having to to find myself worth again as an individual and not as a Miss whatever yeah. Well, you're worthy and you're worthy to listen to. <laughs> I'm starting to get to a better place finally where I'm like, okay, like not everybody has to listen to me, but if they want to, like, I'm here. Yeah. If you well, care, I'm here. <laughs> the thing, so. And then with social media, it doesn't help either, just in general, like as people. 
Yeah. Like, and oh God, social media is so hard too. Cause it's like, I really don't want to find any self-worth in it, but you kind of can't help it. So I'll have to like take little breaks here and there. Cause I'll start to find myself like caring too much. I'd be like, Oh my God, I lost, you know, X amount of followers. Like, why don't they like me? Or why did, why did they unfollow? What was, yeah. what was the reason? And then I'm like, who cares? Like I unfollowed five pages yesterday. I don't have a reason. I just wasn't looking at them anymore. Or they didn't show up all the time because other people showed up. So you, yeah. Yes, exactly. So it's like, it's, it doesn't always have to be this crazy personal reason or anything I did. It could just be the way things work or I'll post something that I thought was really cute and really adorable or whatever. And nobody likes it. And I'm like, why do I care so much about a stupid number? But that's just kind of the world that we live in, unfortunately. Like yeah. those numbers matter so much to us and it's so horrible. I know. Cause like for me, I'm not like a huge social media person. I am now because of my business, like with my brand, but you kind of have to be like, how else are you going to get it out there? So yeah. like when I'm putting my messages out and I get like two likes or something on Facebook and yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I know it doesn't matter, but then I'm like, are people not so hard? Right. But like, are people not seeing it? And like, am I doing it too much? Are people annoyed? Even though they say you're supposed to be consistent and do it like every day or every other day. So it's like, you have to. I know. And everybody tells you a different way that you should be doing it. And so you really just got to do you, but yes, I feel you on that. It's like, you put so much effort into like, think of the perfect caption or the perfect photo to upload or the perfect whatever. And then nobody seems to care. And you're like, okay, yeah. never mind. Right. Uh, or what's the other one I was thinking of too. It's like right now, everything for so long was like COVID and the election, but it's like, yeah. why not someone like with mental health or chronic pain that affects that as well? Like they're all like, why isn't that as important? And it is, it, it, but it, and it goes with both of those things too. It's not like it's something that's taking away from that. People right. want to see this kind of stuff instead of just COVID or the election at the time or whatever it may be. Yeah. No, it's true. It's so crazy too. And I mean, I feel like in the last couple of years, mental health has kind of started to be yeah. more comfortably about, which I really appreciate because I remember before it almost seemed taboo to talk about mm -hmm something so personal is your mental health and right. your mental stability. And I'm like, there's nothing wrong with that. That's actually a very normal thing to talk about. And it's a good thing. Yeah. So I would have friends that had never had a, a breakdown before a mental break um, or had taken a mental day, like a mental health day. Yeah. And they would recently, since COVID be like, I feel like I just need a mental health day. I feel like I need, like, I'm going to have a breakdown. I'm like, breakdowns are good. Mental health days are good. Like yeah. sometimes you have to, you just have to have a breakdown. You have to like cry your eyes out for a good hour or two and then you're good. Like exactly. Healthy release. Like I can't, it's just hard. Like sometimes I'll try and hold it in, but it just makes it worse. It does. And then you're like, or at least myself personally, I feel like when I try to hold in those breakdowns, then I just start beating up on myself more. Cause I'm like <laughs> mentally, I'm like, why are you freaking out? You're so dramatic. There's nothing wrong. Like you're being dramatic, but then me to me, wow. Uh, it's like, it does matter to me. And I yeah. know this is dramatic and it's not as big of a deal as maybe it feels like it is, but let me just be sad about it today. And then I'll be fine tomorrow. Like it's, it's okay right. to be okay. And the worst thing that people can do is say like, oh, it could be worse. You could have, a I, worse. 
I'm literally, whenever I hear someone say like to me, like I'll like say, let's say I'll be talking with someone about my pain or something and they'll be like, you're, I mean, mine isn't as bad as yours, but I have this or whatever. I'm like, uh-uh. I will right, interrupt don't them. Don't, no, they, and they'll, they'll belittle themselves against mine. And I'm like, no, it doesn't matter. Your pain is just as bad. You, it's your pain. Right. Everybody handles your illness, like- your mental health, whatever it is. I won't let people around me tell me or tell other people or tell themselves that it's, that it could be worse because everybody has it. Yeah. I have two friends that are really freaking amazing and I adore that. I mean, I adore all my friends, but I have two friends specifically that are huge mental health warriors. And so if they catch me having that negative self-talk, they always correct me and they always redirect my thought process. They're like, Hey, 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 you're absolutely valid in your feelings. Let's, how can we improve on these feelings rather than like me belittling myself and being like, I'm so stupid or it's stupid that I'm even upset about this, or it's not even that big of a deal. They're like, it is, it is a big deal. It's a big deal to you. Therefore it is a big deal. Now what, now what can we do to improve upon this situation? And so right. I always super appreciate them. Cause if I go to them with a the problem, they help guide my thought process in a constructive yeah. way rather than a deconstructive negative thought process. Like which get is over it or any of yes, those. Exactly. They know oh. the little feelings, which is amazing. Yes, it's definitely so important. I try and get everyone to do that, or I'll just do it for everybody. It's hard. It's super hard. Yeah. Especially so many of us um, grew up with parents that are super tough love. Like, they're very, my family comes from a strong military background. So it's very okay. much tough love. And it's love nonetheless, but it's a lot of don't be like, things could be worse. Don't be so sad. Yeah. It, can you do you can't do anything don't stress about things you can't change and I'm just like yeah but I'm still stressed like I know I can't change it but I'm still stressed and so it's it's weird going from like their generation of super tough love break your ankle and get over it like you'll be fine type of thing to I feel like our generation is more in touch with their feelings and more in touch with their mental health and you know this is what I need mentally and emotionally and it's a valid need rather than trying to just brush off feelings and be this stoic type of person. Cause it doesn't help in the end. It doesn't. It drives me crazy when people try to like hide their feelings from each other. I'm like, just talk about it. It's okay. Like you're valid to be confused. You're valid to be upset. You're valid to be sad. It's okay to have negative feelings, but not if you bottle them in, like you need to express those feelings. Right. Because when people bottle them in, I've noticed it's like you take it out on people that you don't need to take it out on. And that's actually worse than saying it to begin with. Exactly. It would be so much easier if you just said like, Hey, you said this and it kind of hurt my feelings. It kind of rubbed me the wrong way. I know you didn't mean it that way, but it hurt my feelings. And you know what? Nine times out of 10, they're going to be like, you know what? I'm so sorry. I didn't even think about that. I don't know. Oh, I mean, everybody, we're all human. Everybody has gone through moments where they say something that comes across the wrong way. Exactly. And it rubs texting nowadays. And yes, exactly. And so all you have to do is just bring it to their attention. And almost always they'll self-correct. Like, I'm so sorry. You're right. Boom. Everything's fine. But if you bottle it in and then you start being passive aggressive, then they're aggressive because you're being aggressive. And it's just right. This whole thing, it didn't need to be. Right. And it's not fair to get mad at somebody that might upset you, but you're not telling them. So they're not going to fix it. Exactly. You can't expect change if you're not asking for it. 
But then on the other hand, it gets frustrating when you are telling them and yes. they see it or they'll say, okay, I'll change. And then they don't. So it's this like very, me. so I've had that experience like with an ex. It's like, yes, he, won't, he won't <laughs> change. And it's like, I'm like, what the, it's like, I'm telling you, like, and then I get frustrated yes. that I feel like a nag. Yes. Yes. Oh, oh my God, yes. <laughs> yes. Same experience. Oh my God. My ex, he's the sweetest guy, but he was just oblivious to like That's the mess. emotional needs of others. <laughs> God. And so that was the exact thing. We would have the same conversation every month and I would be very honest and straightforward. Yes, like, Hey, literally, it was like a month, like clockwork. We would get in a fight about the same thing. And I'm like, all you have to do is just tell me. Or like he wouldn't yeah. tell me stuff I'm doing, but then it would blow up into a fight. And I'm like, all you have to do is just tell me. I'm not. I, we would have the same conversation because I felt emotionally neglected in the relationship. I felt everything took priority over me. And so I would tell him like, I don't need a lot from you, but I need something. I need some kind of effort somewhere. It needs yeah. to be more than just a hi bye type of thing. Like I need, I need something. Um, but you're and right. And promise and promise and never deliver. And so every month the argument got worse and worse until finally I was like, I can't do this. Like no. it's one thing to listen and say, you're going to do it. And it's another thing to take action and actually improve upon what you're saying you're going to improve upon. So don't make empty promises. And then it got to the point where I just didn't feel like anything he said was worth anything because at that point you know, I, and at that point I didn't even hear like the word sorry the phrase I'm meant sorry nothing. meant nothing it was like okay yes uh and like yeah. I would try and change if there were things he yes. didn't like I would actually work on it and consciously yes. doing it and then I wouldn't get that back so nope. uh, yep I, I don't need a man <laughs> Got into this huge argument one day and I told him, I was like, listen, I can't keep doing this. Like I need more from you or this isn't going to, I can't keep going. And he was like, okay, I actually have a surprise plan for you. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like that's progress. Like not that I need big elaborate things, but he no, was planning something. something in his mind. And I was like, that's great. Well then a week went by, nothing. Two weeks went by, nothing. Three weeks went by, nothing. And I never brought it up again until a month went by and I was like, Hey, do you remember last time we argued and you said that you had like a surprise planned for me? Like, what was it? And so he's like, Oh yeah, I was gonna, like, I was gonna make you dinner at home and I was going to get you, I had lost one of my favorite earrings. He was like, I was going to get you the, the missing earring. Like I was going to buy you another one. And then I was like, well, what happened? He's like, I just decided not to do it. And I'm like, but that's, that's it. You just decided not two like that that is exactly what I had been asking for was like a sweet gesture and you just and then you don't just, say that you had this gesture and then all of a sudden yes I, don't say anything. yes I was so just I was pissed that was the last straw for me I was like you can't don't get me I hope you broke up with him pretty soon after that I did it did okay. because I was just like I stopped expecting anything from him I was disappointed I was over it like, yeah what are you our anniversary came and went, nothing. My birthday came and went, nothing. Oh. Like, even special days weren't special. And I'm like, okay, this is, I don't want to live my whole life like this. No. <laughs> and that's the other thing that's so hard is like, especially in relationships, but in anything is like wanting more for yourself instead of settling. Cause that relationship was comfortable. That I was that I, I, we were going to get married. We would buy a house in the countryside. Like 
it was going to be comfortable. He would never leave me. He would never cheat. We would be this comfortable couple forever. But you have to want more for yourself than complacency or being comfortable. Right. It's hard and it's uncomfortable and it's scary, but yeah, I think that's something that so many people struggle with is wanting more and understanding that you deserve more than comfortable. Exactly. Yeah. It's like crazy. It's just the, and it's so, but everyone does it. Like we're all so used to comfort, but it's not going to be good in the long run. Yep. It's so easy. And then the thing is, the longer you wait, the easier it gets to stay. And then you're just stuck in this cycle of like, I'll wait till if he does it one more time. Well, it oh, has, it's been a while. Time. He's getting better. Like it's always something. There's always an excuse. Yes. Like, well, he tried. Well, we haven't fought in three weeks instead of two. So things are improving. Like, no, don't make excuses. Are you happy? No. Okay. Next, next. Move on. Like he was still in school. So he's like finishing like school. And I, like it was just, I thought maybe the stress of that. So like once yes. and, and then the fight still happened. Yep. So I'm like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> that is a really hard line is between, so I'm in a relationship right now and it's a great relationship. It's super healthy. Communication's amazing, but he is in the academy. And so he's super busy. He's killing himself with studies, which is amazing. And it's my job to be supportive, but also there's that fine line of mm-hmm. I'm supporting you and giving you your space, but also I have emotional needs that need to be fulfilled as well. Right. And finding a balance between like, okay, my emotional needs don't take priority over your situation, but they are a priority. Right. No. So he's done amazing. And he definitely, if I tell him I need something from like emotionally, I need something from him. He's really good to give that to me or if I'm struggling with something, he's really good to pay attention and listen, but it's my job also to not take advantage of that and let him have his space. So we have like a, a deal where he, I don't talk to him all week and he's mine on the weekends and like the, we can talk all week, but I, I, he doesn't exist to me during the week. <laughs> well, it'll be done soon and then that'll change. <laughs> no, he has a while, but like, that's our rule. And so I feel like so much of relationships and anything, this is, goes for like romantic relationships, friendly relationships is so much of understanding each other's needs and being mm-hmm. able to mutually fulfill them. Like I know he needs to focus and he needs space. So I respect that. Exactly. And in turn, he respects my, my desire for that emotional validation from him. And like, so it's been great. It's been a great, super easy yeah. relationship, even though we have this struggle of hardly talking ever. <laughs> Well, I'm excited for you. That's exciting. It's been so good. See him soon then? Or is he there now? On the way, right now. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be here in five hours. <laughs> Only five hours. Only five hours. So is he a date tomorrow? Do what? Is he your date tomorrow? No, because we both have different weddings to attend. So he's the best man in his best friend's wedding. <sighs> and I have my best friend's wedding. So like. We both have weddings. They're just not the same one. That's horrible. I know. I was like, great. The first time we have wedding dates and we don't even have wedding dates. <laughs> yeah, it's great. But I'll see him tonight and he's staying with me for the weekend. So I'll see him. Funny. Yeah. Aw. <laughs> well, It'll so- be fun. That's so, but that's cute though. So like you, and does he live near you? Um, No. 
I live in San Antonio. He lives in Fort Worth, which is up near Dallas. So it's a five-hour drive between the two of us. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it's long distance, but we see each other a lot. Like, I saw him two weekends ago. I'll see him this weekend. I'll see him next weekend. I'll see him for Christmas. Yeah. Like, I, we see each other at least twice a month. So it's not terrible. That's good. Yeah, we do. It's okay. okay well I've been so fun like talking with you I don't want to like take up all your time but thank you so much for coming on and um before we finish how would you like to tell like um my listeners like how do you stay strong during these like some of these hard times so I feel like the best thing for me when I'm struggling or I'm really down on myself and I just need like help finding the silver lining in whatever situation it is is I reach out to my friends and I reach out to like my close loved ones and I tell them, which, which is so hard to do sometimes. It's so yeah. hard to admit I need help, but I have a great support system. I have a great group of friends and family and my relationship that are always there for me. So I always, I just have to talk to somebody. And if it's to a point where I don't want to talk to somebody, I'll have a little self-care night. So I'll like take a bath, have a glass of wine. I'll do things that like relax me and make me happy. And then when I feel good enough, I'll talk to somebody and they're usually able to, if nothing else, help me talk out my funk and it's okay. So I think having a good support system, even if there's so many good resources out there, there was a while where I didn't feel comfortable talking to people that were in my immediate circle about my situation. And so I, there's apps, there's social networks, there's all these different networks that are there to help with your mental health. And that are there to confide in you and it's completely anonymous and you could just talk to somebody about whatever you're going through yeah. and their job is to listen and help you through it. And so I think that that's super important. I took advantage of that for months and it was amazing having just somebody completely unbiased to talk to about my struggles. So my therapy talking. also is like amazing. Yes. Oh my God. I don't know why there's such a weird taboo around therapy, but it's the best thing ever. Like just having somebody to talk to is so helpful. It's, yes. it's shocking how much just talking about it helps. Oh, I couldn't agree more for the sure. Best. Like the best thing. And I look, I always look forward to like my sessions. Cause like, yes. cause I can talk to like my family, my friends and I do, but sometimes it's nice to have that unbiased. Unbiased. Yeah. I love friends are great, but they're always going to be on your side. So it's nice to have somebody who's unrelated to the situation listen from a new perspective and be able to give you an unbiased guidance opinion. It's awesome. Yes. Well, thank you again for coming on and um, you want to let us know how we can find you. Um, So I am at Alea Benavidez on Instagram and at Benavidez Alea, so backwards, on Twitter because somebody (laughs) stole my handle, but I don't know. So yes, at Alea Benavidez on Instagram and then at Benavidez Alea on Twitter. All right, now that in the description. Thank you so, so much for coming on. And this was another episode of With Love Alexa. For those of you guys looking for some cute clothes for the winter, um, check out Forever Strong merchandise at alexarandolph.com. Thanks, guys. Have a great day. This was another episode. We'll see you next time.